0: This morning I begin a new sermon series that really coincides with what we've been talking about the last few weeks about the mind. Um, and our new sermon series that we're going to be uh, dealing with uh, for the next few weeks at least is the theology of weakness. Everybody say weakness. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Today as is my custom I'm going to do the introduction of the sermon series. Basically today I'm not going to teach very much. I'm going to give you why. I believe the Lord will have us deal with the theology of weakness over the next few weeks uh, with God's grace. Uh, I'm going to ask you to stand in reverence to the Word of God. It's our custom to do so. Please stand for a moment as we read the Word, and then we'll pray. Is it warm in here a little? Yeah. No? It's fresher in the front for all, everybody in the cheap seats. I'm just letting you know the cheap seats are the seats in the back. It's probably a little fresher here in the front. I just thought I'd throw that out there. If this were a Laker game, you wouldn't want to sit in the back. You'd want to sit in the front. Next to Kobe or Magic or Kareem or whoever, how old, however old you are, some of you uh, you might want. To admit, some of you are so old as Jerry West. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter twelve, verse one through ten. I'm, I don't want you to read with me, just for the sake of time. I'm going to read it alone, uh, if that's all right with you. Just follow along with me. I'm reading out of the NESB version. It says, "Boasting is necessary, though it's not profitable." But I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up to the third heaven. And I know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which a man is not permitted to speak. On behalf of such a man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast except in regard to my weaknesses. For if I do wish to boast, I will not be foolish, for I'll be speaking the truth. But I refrain from this so that no one will credit me, listen, with more than he sees in me or hears from me. Verse 7, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, To keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my strengths, about my gifts about my abilities, about my accomplishments. It says weaknesses. So that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with my strength. I'm well content with my gifts. I am well content with my successes. I'm well content with weaknesses. I'm content with insults. I'm content with distress. I'm content with persecutions. I'm content with difficulties. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, for when I am weak, then, everybody shout then, I am strong. Lord, we bow our hearts before you this morning in need of your grace. Lord, every day we need you, but sometimes, Lord, wow, we're cognizant, we're aware of just how much we need you. So, Lord, I pray that you would grant me strength, physical strength. Lord, grant me clarity of mind and precision of speech. Give these, your people, an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and the grace to apply your word today. I pray today, Lord God, that you might hide me behind your cross, that they would only see you and hear you. Lord, I humble myself under your mighty hand that you might lift me up. I pray, Father God, that your people today would be edified and that your name alone would be glorified. This we ask in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Be seated, please. If you're alive, then you carry burdens. We face difficulty in life and every season. We grow tired, weary, and yes, even weak at times. The question then becomes, what am I to do when my strength is at its end? There are a few things as I present to you the introduction of this new series. There are a few things we've been dealing with the mind lately and how how many can say this morning that when your mind is busy, when it does not rest, you grow tired. How many would just wave at your pastor and say you just grow tired? tired you're tired of the warfare you grow tired of fighting constantly you feel like when can you catch your breath you need a break sometimes uh, some of you if you're honest you can even say that it feels like your adversary is relentless who am I talking to this morning it feels like your adversary is relentless like you just can't catch a break some say when it rains it pours does anybody know what I'm talking about yet or am I alone here okay uh, it's, it's imperative then that we understand the theology of weakness. Everybody say weakness. There is a culture that I've grown up in, though you see a young man, I'm only 36 years of age, but I've spent all 36 years in the church of God. I was born and raised in a pastoral home. My grandfather was a minister for over 50 years. After that, my parents, uh, Pastor Alice, rest in peace, my father, they raised up a church. And so I'm third generational, Pentecostal, spirit-filled, fire-baptized. I am Assemblies of God. I've been my whole life, and so I've been in a church system for the entirety of my existence on planet earth. And so though you might look at a young man before you today, I've seen some good times and bad. I've seen what the effects of religion, I've seen the effects of religious systems. And I am cognizant, I'm aware, I am woefully aware of how in church there is a culture that is propagated, it is encouraged, even if it's silently, the culture uh, is encouraged, a culture of strength, not a culture of weakness, no, a culture of strength, a culture that tells us or leads us to believe that we must always appear to have our stuff together yes especially in church we look nice we dress nice by the grace of God and so we have bought into the ideology that in order to be a Christian in order to be a follower of Jesus we must portray this idea of strength we must look like our stuff is all together we must look like we're doing okay even when we are not okay and this becomes not only a fallacy but it becomes a a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing because the church then no longer is able to function the way that God intended for it to function. We no longer are a hospital for the sick. We then become a social club for people that think that they got it all together. My God, I'm preaching better than your amen. And if we don't understand the theology of weakness, the sinners can't come and find refuge in Jesus. No, because they think that in order to come to church, you got to have your life in order. And I know the person next to you, don't look at them now. Don't Look at them now. Don't look at them now. I know the person next to you looks pretty. They look like they got their life together. They look like they got money in their pocket. They might have driven a nice car, but I don't care what they look like on the outside. You're sitting next to somebody right now that has very real struggles on the inside. I know they look like they got it all together, but some of y'all barely made it by the skin of your teeth. Some of you came struggling here to the house of God today, but I have good news to you. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. If we don't understand the theology of weakness, we'll be led to believe that serving Jesus is for people that have their life together. My friend, I submit to you today that that the day has come. The wait is over. You no longer need to act strong for the sake of people that you attend church with. You don't need to act like your life is together. You can come as broken into the house of God as you need to be. Because there is a God who loves you. There is a God that is able to heal you. There is a God who... There is a God who is not afraid of your weaknesses, your shortcomings, or your failures. There is a man by the name of Jesus who knows exactly what you're going through. In fact, he has allowed what you're going through to come to your life in order for you to walk humbly before him and in order for him to truly show himself to you in a way that you've never known before. I submit to you, contrary to popular church culture, contrary to what we've been taught, contrary to what we've been led to believe, I have been guilty of this as well. The church is not for the strong. No, 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 my dear brother. The church is for those who recognize how weak they really are. And the the church is for those who recognize that they needed a Savior. And his name is Jesus of Nazareth. Somebody in the world said religion is for people who need a crutch, and I say yes, I say yes, I say yes. And if you got a problem with me walking on crutches, well, then that's your problem. Let me walk away on my two crutches. Yeah, in fact, I have three crutches. Three? You have three? Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they keep me together. well you've been saved you should know better you should be strong by now the devil is a liar that my friend is not only a fallacy but it goes contrary to the theology of weakness and this theology of weakness is not a New Testament ideology it's from the Old Testament to the New we saw great men brought low and they were brought low in order to demonstrate the glory of our great God if God allows you to be humbled if he brings you low it is not for the sake of bringing you low it is for the sake of the glory of his own name because he shines the bright is when you are at your lowest my god his power is made perfected when you are at your weakest when you can't go on any longer he's the one that keeps you i'm preaching better than your amen when you feel like you can't walk anymore he's the one that keeps you standing who am i talking to this morning if it had not been for the grace of god i wouldn't be in my right mind if it had not been for the goodness of the Lord, I don't know who I'm talking to if it had not been for the mercy of my redeemer I wouldn't be standing where I'm standing today but thanks be unto God that he saw me at my weakest and he kept me, he didn't throw me away, he restores my soul So why, why there are some, there are some thoughts of ours. Yes, I said ours. Yes, I said ours in the church. Yeah, you, you saint of God. I know you love Him. I know you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I know, I know you think that you're always walking in glory, power, and victory. But if you would be honest for just a moment, if the apostle went through it, if the disciples went through it, then why should I believe that you are exempt? Why should I believe that you have some kind of corner on the gospel that they didn't have? No. In fact, I submit to you today that if you truly are walking with the Lord, then you will experience a weakness on a level that others might not ever encounter. And so here are a few of the thoughts you might say, Pastor, why? Why why take us down this road over the next few weeks? Uh, First of all, I believe, uh, number one, it's necessary because we tend to think of weakness and strength as opposites. Yeah, we tend to think of weakness and strength as opposites, but this thought, that thought is foreign to the word of God. That thought has come to you by way of suggestion of the world. The world has led you to believe that strength and weakness are opposites. My friend, I submit to you that theologically strength and weakness are not opposites. Instead, they are synonymous. Yeah, they are one and the same because today by the word of God we will see that it is in weakness that the grace or strength of God is made perfect. You see, in the mind of God, in the mind of the world, they think in order to be weak, they think that that's a bad thing, they they look at weakness as a bad thing, and we have adopted that idiom, we've adopted that ideology that we always need to put on a, a, a face of strength you walked in, some of you walked into church today and somebody asked you, how you doing? Oh blessed and highly favored, but you lie, you're struggling, you're weak and you didn't feel like even giving God a praise this morning how you doing brother? I'm good, praise the Lord, oh but on the inside you're struggling and wrestling with some things your marriage is on the brink of divorce, but but you got to keep that smile on your face because somebody might assume that you're not okay and we always got to keep it together. I know, I know what it's like because this culture, this culture of ours is propagated, it's implemented even from the pulpit down. Yeah, it begins with the leaders of our great assemblies, pastors like myself, evangelists, apostles, missionaries who have led you to believe that it's not okay to not be okay. But let's blow that out of the water now and forever and understand that not only is it okay okay to be weak but God is glorified the most when you are at your weakest especially in the Latino culture especially all the Latino men we've been we were taught not to cry to always act macho always act macho and so we have this barrier of strength we have to act like we like we're hard yeah I said it hard it's not even hard it's hard and it's not only for men and women. Oh my God. Don't, 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 you let them see you sweating? No, no, no. You always got to keep your hair right. You got to keep your nails done because you can't let your enemy see you sweating. You can't let them see you slipping. Nuh-uh, nuh-uh, nuh-uh. They ain't with no, 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 no. But on the inside, you're weak, you're feeble and you're cracking. See, we tend to think why weakness because we tend to think of weakness and strength as opposites. Secondly, we assume that to be strong is good and means to be without weakness. We assume that when we're strong, that weakness is not in us. That's what we assume. We think to be strong is good. That's good. I must be strong. I need to be strong. I got to be strong for them. I got to be strong for my family. But I submit to you today that though I understand why it is we say these things, it's, it would be better for you to. Have what you say line up with what God has already said It's all right to tell your family, I'm trying, I want to be strong for you, but I will fail you. You must not, yes, you must not, yes, you must not lean upon me, my ability to be here for you, because, like Elder Brown has so eloquently stated over this season of his life, men are going to fail you. Yes, good men, yes, godly men, yes, people that you thought would never, ever leave you or forsake you, yeah, they too might leave you. The only one that you can truly depend upon, and maybe you haven't lived long enough to. to but some of you know some of you have been alive long enough to know the only one there's only one baby there's only one that will never leave you or let you down and his name is I guess not everybody knows his name is So we assume that being strong is good and being weak is bad. No, thirdly, why, why is it necessary? Another false thought that we have is, that, uh, is, is how we are led to believe that to be weak is bad and it means we think that to be weak means to be without strength, but that's not what the scripture teaches. It doesn't teach us to be weak means to be without strength. In fact, it teaches us all the contrary. Fourthly, most of us, we want to be thought of as strong. Put it up there. We want to be thought of as strong. Yeah, we want people to think that we're strong in faith, strong in the un- and of God, strong, never failing, never faltering. We want people to think of us as strong. We want to look at the pastor and say, My pastor's stronger than I am, and that's why I come to his church, because he's stronger than me, and I came, no, 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 and it's a dangerous thing. We're concerned that people won't think highly of us if we show our weaknesses what would they think of me if they knew friend I have news for you it might be a surprise but whether they know or not you know and God knows I know you might have your whole assembly fooled I know they think you're a rock but God knows you no not the you that you portray not the brother you not the sister you not the deacon you not the elder you not the pastor you know God knows God knows you 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 the real you no your husband doesn't know that you know but god god knows you yeah you He knows the you, the thoughts where your mind goes, the things that nobody else knows about. He knows. He sees those thoughts. Yeah, the things you don't tell anybody, he knows them. And so I know you want everybody to think you're strong. I know you look like you got it together but because we're afraid to show our weaknesses. But this culture has to change. I don't expect for y'all to shut me down. I don't, I don't expect for y'all to run the aisles. That's all right. It's a hard thing for us to lay that facade down. It's a hard thing because you are taught and trained not to be vulnerable in the house of God. You're afraid that people are going to hurt you. In fact, because you've been hurt, and yes, because you've been hurt in church, you're afraid now to let your guard down. But can I tell you something? Something powerful, something supernatural happens when you can lay your guard down and say, them, I am the man that you see with all my hang-ups, all my beat all of my vices, everything that I am, I I lay it open because I'm naked before the presence of God. Oh, you'll be amazed when you when you when you remove that veil, when you're able to say, naked I came, naked I go. The Lord sees my sin, He knows my shortcomings, and so I will not hide them from you. It's something, something, something happens when we're able to remove that veil. And by exposing our weaknesses, you'll be amazed that somebody around you might look at you and be like, I thought I was the only one. My God, you mean to tell me that you have some issues to You mean to tell me that you struggle with that too? I thought I was the only one that used to think like that. You mean to tell me your marriage isn't perfect? You mean to tell me? You mean to tell me you struggle? Oh no, not brother hallelujah. Brother hallelujah never struggles. Brother hallelujah never misses a service. Brother hallelujah, his tie is never crooked. Brother hallelujah always gives his tie. Brother hallelujah always lifts his hands perfectly at, a, at the perfect angle. It's like God shines on his hand. Why weakness? Why a series on weakness? because the theology of weakness is essential to the concept of church, it must be. You must change. We must change our concept of church. Yes, this church beginning with us. I'm not worried about other churches. Let them propagate whatever culture they want at this church. The theology of weakness not only must be understood, but it must be walked out, lived out from the pulpit down. And if I have failed as a minister to help teach this with with clarity, then I have failed in that sense. And I strive to improve that this place might truly be what God intends it to be. A place where the power of the risen Savior would abide and move so that people can be delivered, restored, and walk after him. And not be afraid to say, I need the Lord. How many would just get ahead of us now? How many are willing to say, I need him now? I'm at my week. I'm not afraid to say, I need him. I need him. I can't make it without him. I know I look like I got it all together. But if you only knew, if you only knew, if you only knew, sometimes you look at this preacher and you think, my God, how does he do it? No, if you only knew that there are times that I stand behind the sacred desk and only by the grace of God. Am I able to say, thus says the Lord, not because I'm strong, not because my wisdom is on a higher level. No, only by the grace of a merciful Savior, am I able to stand behind the sacred desk and say, Thus says the Lord, because when I am weak, then and only then is He strong. Hallelujah. Why weakness? Why weakness? Because we distort the gospel of Jesus. When we ignore and when we try to cover, we try to mask our weakness. We portray we, we portray a gospel that is no gospel at all. Oh, all throughout the scriptures we see Jesus, a weak and lowly man. No, he was the king of glory, the king of majesty. He could have called diadems of angels to come to his aid. And instead, according to Philippians 2, the Bible says that he humbled himself. That he thought of not robbery with God to be made equal with God no but instead he took upon himself the form of a servant not only a servant but he made himself obedient to death and not only death but death upon a cross the king of glory the king of majesty all power and dominion in his hand and yet he walked humbly on earth who told you that you have to act like you're strong who told you that you had to hide your weaknesses who told you that you have to act like you got it all together friend it is a distortion of the gospel of Jesus to act like we need to hide or mask our weaknesses some of you today this is like fresh water on your weary soul because you're tired you're tired of a church culture that has led you to believe like that following Jesus means that you got to act like you got all your life together know the devil is a liar and we have bought into a culture that is sick yes I said it it is a sick culture that keeps those that need help the most outside of the four walls this is not a social club this is not not a place for the perfect. No, this is a place for you to be perfected. This is not a place for the perfect. This is a place where we are being perfected. That means this is a place that he's working on me. This is where he changes me, molds me. Because I know you like to think like you got it together, but he's still working on you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know about you, but he's still working on me. Is anybody still a work in progress? I just want to say, I'm waving with you. Forget your religious neighbor. I'm waving with you. Is anybody here still a work in progress? Why are you ignoring your weakness? Why are you trying to cover it up? Your neighbor's as wretched as you are. Yeah, I'm talking about him. I'm talking about her oh, they don't smoke and they don't chew and they don't hang with those that do. No, but they do other things that you don't know about. Oh, I'm going to be good today. I'm not going to step on your toes today. I'm not because this is the kind of suit that you wear when you're being nice. (laughs) Why weakness? Because the Holy Spirit of God demonstrates his power. To the extent that we are abiding in our weakness, the Holy Spirit of God demonstrates the power of God only to the extent that we are willing to abide in weakness and not quench the Holy Ghost by trying to live by our own feeble human power. Why weakness? Because just like Christ accomplished atonement for us by suffering death, death by suffering and death he atoned us so the Lord accomplishes this is how he accomplishes his witness on the earth it's through weakness when was the last time the Lord used you as a witness by showing the world how strong you are no it's by showing the world how weak you were and how great he was see contrary to popular opinion the Lord gets maximum glory when he shows when he puts you on display but not to show how strong you are not to show how smart you are no he puts you on display to show the world how broken you were he puts you on display so that you can testify that you were lost and undone drug addicted in the gutter and he came and raised you up and set your feet upon a rock to stand he displays you watch this. he displays you not so that you can say how great you are but so that you can testify how great he is you see that That's why that's when he gets maximum glory out of your life, not when you're standing there proud of who you are, but proud of who he is. My God, I don't know who I'm talking to today. I know this is hard for some of you to admit, but that's when he gets maximum glory. Not when you're walking around like a peacock. Look, look at what I did. Boy, you you look like George Jefferson up in here. Some of y'all walked in like George Jefferson. Yeah, I said it. Who's George Jefferson? You say only the old saints are laughing right now. All the young people are like, who? George, who? Who's that? Let me check Twitter real quick. Let me check Twitter. Hashtag George Jefferson. Marnock. Is that how it goes? Oh, that's the wrong show. Who is that? Fox? Stanford and son? Elder Brown, you're telling everybody how old you are. Okay, so I have the wrong show. What was it? I said, we're moving on up. Oh, there we go. Why isn't your daughter helping me? Look at her. She ain't helping me. I said, we're moving on. What's that? To the east side. And and then how's it go? To the deluxe apartment in the sky. Y'all remember? And then how? What? What's happening? Now you're laughing, but what about those of you that walked in church like that? You ain't moving on up. Your home is on the brink of destruction. You haven't had a good night's sleep in days. But you got a Bible under your arm and you can't let anybody know how you're struggling. And then we come to church and we spread our feathers like a peacock. Oh, the theology of weakness has been missing in Pentecostal churches like ours for generations. Contrary to popular opinion, I'm not going to submit to you or preach to you my ideas or ideologies. We are going to go to the word and you are going to see how from the Old Testament to the New, the theology of weakness has always been God's way. God has a knack. He has a bad habit of choosing weak and feeble men. He told Moses to go before Pharaoh and say, let my people go and Moses said choose somebody else I'm not qualified to stand before Pharaoh and God said no you yeah you you that were you that boy that baby that was placed in a basket and sent up the river that one right there he I will use as a deliverer that one right there oh he uses a shepherd boy by the name of David who wasn't even in the lineup when the prophet of God came to the house no he wasn't even invited that day and you're the one that's going to remove the head of the Philistine he Yeah, you, oh, I'm going to use a man by the name of Joseph. Yeah, a liar, a cheater. Yeah, you, you qualify. I'm going to use a man like Abraham, a man too old and feeble to do anything on his own. I will renew his strength. I will renew his vigor. I'm going to take a nobody and use him for my glory. God has a bad habit of taking nobodies and using them for his glory. He has a bad habit of calling people men and women who don't qualify by the world standard. Yeah, that one right there, the least of them. He still uses the foolishness. He still confounds. He confounds the wise and he uses foolishness. He uses the foolishness of preaching like me. Ah. Why weakness? Put it up there. I'm I'm almost done. This is just an introduction. We're going to take it to the text because God has more need of our weakness than our strength. Now, I say that subjectively. I don't say that God has a need as if he was not all sufficient. God has need of nothing, but I say it in a way that you can understand. God has need. By that, I mean God does more with our weaknesses than he ever can do with your strength. God will do more with your weakness than he ever can do with your so-called strength. Bring him what you are, who you are in its entirety. Lay it all down before him and watch him make something glorious out of you. And the weaker you are, the greater his glory will be. How many can shout praise the Lord? Can you clap your hands and give God? I just feel like giving God a praise. I don't... because God's way is not always to take us out of tribulations. I know you're not going to say amen right here, but his way is not always to take us out of tribulations, but instead his way is to comfort us in the midst of those tribulations and to exchange our strength in the face of those tribulations. And so when we're going through trial and trouble, he doesn't always deliver us out of that trial and trouble. Instead, he lets us go through that trial and trouble. Hallelujah, because he's about to give to us a strength that was not our own yeah thank you holy Ghost. he allows you to go through the fiery furnace oh he delivered daniel from he delivered daniel from the lion's mouths not the lion's den i'll say that again you see daniel was in delivered from the lion's den he was delivered from the lion's mouths shadrach meshach and abednego were not delivered from the fiery furnace they were delivered from the fire but they were thrown in. My God, I don't know who I'm preaching to. They were thrown all the way in. They were thrown all the way in. And right before they were thrown into the furnace, they gave them one more chance. This is your chance. Bow. Bow the knee. Bow and you have one more chance to save yourself. And they said, oh, long live the king. Listen, we respect who you are. We know your power. We know what it is. Now, I'm paraphrasing. This isn't how they spoke. They were Hebrew. This is Pastor Ronan's version. Please give me some leeway. They said, we know who you are. Long live the king blah, 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 but we ain't gonna bow because whether our God saves us or lets us burn, And so they threw him in. Hallelujah. But how many know, thank you, Holy God, that they leaned in and they said, Oh, Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they, yeah, they leaned in. They were already there, but they said, but, but but, 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 their enemy said, yeah, their enemy said, I see, I see a fourth man in the fiery fire. How many did we throw? My God, y'all are going to make me lose. Y'all going to make me, I promise you. Y'all promise you, are going to make me. They said, how many did we throw in there? How many? One. Can you see them counting by the fiery furnace? How many did we throw in that furnace? How many were there? Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and the Abed. How many? Three, right? Three, right? Everybody shout three. three. Everybody shout three. But when they looked in that fiery furnace, they said, I see one that looks like the Son of Man. Oh, the Lord was already in that fiery I need somebody to give God a praise like, you know, he's already there. Somebody shout maximum glory. Somebody shout maximum glory. You see, here's the thing in church. We learn how to tell people to God be all the glory and we say it, but we don't live that way. Well, how do you know I don't live that way? Because you're still acting like you're strong. Oh, put it to me another way, preacher. If you insist, you're still fronting. Yeah, I said you're fronting. Well, I have a title. I have an image to maintain. No, 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 you're fronting. An image to maintain in front of who? Your church? Your pastor? (laughs) Your denomination? (laughs) Peter days after denying Jesus three times was preaching on the day of Pentecost and over 5,000 were added to the church that day. That's what your Bible says. Now I can promise you if you were on the governing board of apostles, you would have said I don't think Peter qualifies to preach this sermon. But I'm glad you weren't there that day. I'm sure if you were on the board, the board, the the governing board of all apostles, I, I know you would have said, uh-uh, 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 let's pick somebody who didn't deny Jesus a few weeks ago. Can we not? Can we pick somebody? Ain't nobody else qualified to preach this sermon. Why has it got to be him? Peter, yeah, Peter, well, he's trying to cut somebody's head off a few weeks ago, right? Wasn't that him? Yeah, that's him. You're going to let him stand up? He's the keynote speaker. Peter's on the flyer? You're going to put Peter on this flyer? You're going to put Peter on this flyer? Yeah, Peter. And 5,000 came into the kingdom that day. I know he doesn't qualify in your mind, but God chooses the foolish Are you still here? Shout hallelujah. Now you're looking at me like, are you going to preach the text? Of course I'm going to preach the text. This is Abundant Life Church. But his way is not always to deliver you from that trial. Instead, he's going to comfort you in the middle of that trial. And that's a word of encouragement to anybody that's going through anything. I know your neighbor's dead, so they ain't going through nothing. But is anybody going through something here today? I have good news for you. If God allows you to go through that trouble, he will sustain you through it. And he's going to make you better as you come up out of that. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now consider Paul. Consider Paul. Look at the text now. Look at the text. Look at the text now. I, I, I'm out of time. Look at verse 8. I'm going to go quick here because we're going to spend a few weeks here. So I just had to give you the introduction. Look at your Bible. Somebody shout Bible. Now look at your Bible. Look at verse 8. One of these days I'm going to shut these off So make to sure, so make sure you're bringing your Bible. Look at your Bible. Verse 8. Paul, just to give you some context, Paul is under attack. He's doing what he hates to do. He has to defend his apostleship because false teachers had come and they were attacking the church at Corinth. And he has to defend his apostleship now. They knew that he didn't walk with Jesus physically and so they attacked his apostleship. And Paul, watch this now, he did hear in the text what he hated to do. Paul hated to defend himself. He hated to boast about himself in any way. That's what the text plays out. He didn't like to do it. The Bible says, watch this now, look at me. In the first few verses he says, I know a man. And whether in the spirit in the body I don't know only God knows he's talking about himself he's talking about himself and and he begins to talk about how God sent aloud or God how God allowed a messenger of Satan to come a thorn in his flesh to buffet him now theologically we don't know if you've known the Lord for a while and if you've read commentaries nobody knows what the thorn is nobody knows whether it was an infirmity whether it was just a demonic spirit we don't know what it is but we know who we know who allowed it God allowed I said God allowed I said God allowed for Satan to send a thorn to the flesh of paul we don't know what it was but we know who we know who who sent it satan sent that thing to buffet him yeah to buffet him and god allowed it paul himself said it was a messenger of satan it was sent by satan because satan sent that thing and god allowed it to go through because nothing happens to you without the permission of the sovereign god So give me again, go back to verse 5 please and I'm going to finish right here because I have another service to go to. Verse 5, are you with me, Shout hallelujah? Read like you're alive here, ready? Go, on behalf of such a man I will boast but on my own behalf I will not boast except in regard to my... Keep reading. For if I do wish to boast, I will not be foolish but I so that... Oh, that's good I refrain from boasting because I don't want anybody to think too much of me and not really think the most of him somebody visited our church our service a few weeks a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night and in the lobby this woman who was new who's new to the church she ain't here this morning this woman who's new to the church not even a believer yet she came up to me in the lobby and said my you are great you're great and I said no 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 he's great now you're saying, amen, that's right, that's what you should do, you Ray. yeah, but, but I realized after that that I had failed, and why had I failed? Because if you come away from a service or a sermon thinking about how great the preacher is instead of how great he is, then I failed in my mission. See, it's our objective. It's our, it's our goal that people would see Jesus, hear Jesus, be drawn to worship Jesus. Not the man behind the pulpit. I'm a vessel. But it's our job. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? It's your job. You might not ever preach, but it's your job at work. It's your job not to bring attention to you. No, 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 no. But that they would see you and say, my, I see God in you. I see Jesus in you. And that's when you know. That's when you know that you're walking in weakness. That's when you know that you're depending on him every minute of the day because people will begin to see his grace on your life. They'll begin to say, my God, there's something about you. No, it's not me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's what it is. That's who it is in me. So he said, I don't want them to give me more credit than, 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 whatever, than whatever I deserve. In other words, I'd rather that they see him, that they hear him instead of me. Let's keep reading. We're almost done. Verse 7, let's read it together, please. Ready? Read. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting uh huh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me, to keep me from... You see, this, I know you're not going to say amen, but that's what your nature wants to do. Your flesh wants to exalt itself. You want to say, this is all me, baby. Yeah, I did this. This is all me. I'm a hard worker. I work hard for the money. So hard. For, yeah, that's me. That's me. That's me, baby. I, that's me. That's me. That's all me. Yeah, that's me. I mean, I don't need no man. Mm-hmm. Your neck starts moving a certain way. I don't need no man. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. I don't need you. I don't need As long as I got myself. And and, and there's a deception in acting strong and what you don't realize is that you're repelling the grace of god instead of saying i know it looks like it's all me but it's nothing of me because jesus himself and we're going to talk about this jesus himself said apart from me you can do some things a few things let me help you. He said, apart from me, Flavio, you can do nada, nada, nada. Tu eres nada, nada, nada. You're nothing. He reminds you, without me, you can't do anything. And so what happened? When did the church, when did the church miss that road? Verse 8, and I'm going to give you the first point here. Ooh, yeah, I can do it in three minutes. Trust me, I can do it. Ready? Verse 8, read. Ready, go. So concerning this, I implore the Lord, three, how many times? How many times? That I might what? That it might what? That it might leave me. That this, here's the first lesson and we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. Number one, the first lesson that we learn here is that God uses weakness to draw us to himself. On three occasions, somebody shout three times. Three times, Minister Wilson, watch this now. Three times, Paul said, I went to God and told him, begged him, take this from me. Three times, that tells us that God uses our weaknesses to drive us to him. You see, you see you see, why you cannot front? You see why you should not front? Let the fronting stop. No, no, no. Just just be weak. Just be weak. Just be weak as all ghetto. Be you. Be, be how you. Come as you are. Just as I am, the old song George Beverly Shea used to sing, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Some of you remember George Beverly Shea and the great Billy Graham crusade. You remember he would sing that song? Just as I am without one plea. You just stay right there and say, Lord, I don't even have a plea, but I come, and God uses your weaknesses to drive you to him. He drives you to him. He drives you, he drives you to him your weakness, your weaknesses not your strength, your weaknesses are GPS straight to God but pastor my weaknesses, my struggles that's right, your struggles are a GPS straight to God not your strength, your struggles take you right to him Paul said I had a thorn and I prayed to God three times take it away, take it away, take it away some of you didn't learn how to pray until that trouble hit y'all ain't talking to me up in here I'll preach over here on the left side. The left side is saved for real. Some of you didn't know how to pray until that trouble came. (laughs) Now, some of you are still rebellious in your trouble. Don't worry, baby. It only means it's going to last a little bit longer until you break. (laughs) But he's pushing you to himself, and he's using your weakness to do it. Number two, the second lesson that we learn right here is found in verse 9, the A clause of the text. Number two, God uses weaknesses to display his grace. Look at verse 9. I'm preaching the Bible. Look at verse 9. The A clause. Ready? Read it. Read it con God. And That's Ready? Read. And he has said to me, my. Wait, you ain't reading like you're a liar. Everybody in the cheap seats in the back. Ready? Read. And he has said to me, my. For. That tells us number two. That grace is on display. Hallelujah. Put it up there. Number two. The second lesson that we learn is that God uses weakness to display his grace. He said, my. My grace, the Lord said to Paul, Paul, son, mijo, my grace is sufficient. It's enough for you. Because my grace is perfected in your, in your strengths. You see, here's the fallacy of your self-sufficiency. Here's the error of you believing that you can do it on your own. You can't. And not only can you not do it on your own, But you end up opposing God's grace. You cut off that flow. I'm out of time. The third thing that we see is in the B clause of the text here. Here's the third lesson and we're going to preach it as we, Andres come, Junior come. God uses weakness to perfect his power. The third lesson that we learn is that God uses weakness to perfect his power. He's perfecting his power in you, but he does it through weakness. He perfects it. He's perfecting his power in you, but he does it through weakness. He doesn't do it through your strength. He doesn't do it by the facade that you've portrayed in church. He does it through weakness. And so he's using your weaknesses to perfect his power. God is doing a perfecting work in you, and he does it when you are at your weakest. And I'm a testimony of this because even though you see a man standing here preaching week in and week out, I stand only by the grace of a merciful Savior. I've always struggled with a very, 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 very harsh, harsh self-image, just I'm, I'm critical of myself. I'm super critical. I'm naturally a worrisome person. I care too much about what other people think of me. I've had struggles in my marriage. I have failed in my marriage. And my wife has failed me in our marriage. I have failed as a father by not spending enough time with my daughters like I know I should. I failed as a minister by not being the person that you might need me to be in your life. I failed as a son and not taking care of my father and my mother when I had the chance to do it as I should and the list goes on and on and on and on but by the grace of God I stand not because I'm good or because I'm great but because He's God and He is great therefore I will boast all the more about my weaknesses so that the power of the risen Christ would rest on me get ready Put your seatbelt on, drop the facade, kill the act. The theology of weakness has come to abundant life. It's about to get real. But I'm not going to put a period right there because that's what the world says. It's about to get real glorious in here. you lift your hands with me as the Spirit of God flows in this house.